the stand. Stand. Everybody say stand. Stand. You know, we've been going through this series, and man, it's, I don't know if it's been a blessing to you guys, but it's been a really real blessing to me. So we're going to open up to Daniel 6 today. If you've brought your Bible today, open up to Daniel 6. And we are going to end this series um, at Daniel 6, but I encourage you to read the rest of Daniel. Um, it's prophecy. It's amazing. Um, but we're going to end the series at Daniel 6 because we have a special guest next week you're not going to want to miss. So come on out next week for that. But let's, can we stand? Let's practice what we preach. Let's stand and read the word today. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel, stand. Lord, we pray today as we stand, as we hear this message, Lord, that we would stand strong that we would hear your word and we would go away better than what we came in, that we would go away with more joy and hope because we heard the word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Isn't that why we gather together on Sunday? You can be seated. Isn't it why we gather together? We need to be challenged at church, don't we? We need to, be, we need to stand. So today we are going to talk about standing strong and we kind of meet up with Daniel he's almost 80 years old now any uh, anybody in that area yeah we got a couple they're like I don't don't want to tell anybody but that's okay Daniel was now super wise he was wise when he was young and now we meet a Daniel who's 80 years old and still making it happen and you know what? We've got some people in here that are 80 years old, and they're still making it happen. Uh, Daniel had all these qualities. He was intelligent. He was sharp. He was full of wisdom. And I don't know about you, but when I'm 80, I want to be sharp, intelligent, and full of wisdom. Amen? And even at 80 years old, the king, we see in verse 3 that the king was ready to put Daniel in charge of everything. Pretty awesome, right? Remember Joseph? He's going to put Joseph in charge of everything. Pharaoh, well, Dan, Daniel's not a young whippersnapper anymore. And Daniel had been standing strong his whole life. And I feel like a lot of times we think, well, I stood strong for like three days. Why didn't I get the job? Bless you. But remember, he's still in Babylon. Daniel has not yet gone home. He still has been taken from his homeland a thousand miles away. And they took the best and the brightest back when King Nebuchadnezzar, there you go, there you go, back when King Nebuchadnezzar was, was running the show and what did they do? They intentionally indoctrinated these young men 
to try, they tried their best, they, they didn't succeed, into their culture. What? Think like the Babylonians. Behave like the Babylonians. Believe like the Babylonians, right? I think we live in a culture now where people are like, hey, just think like us. And no, we won't be mad at you anymore. Line up, right? And we won't, we, won't, uh, we won't be offended by you if you believe like us. Isn't that the way the enemy does things, right? Oh, if, is, if you would just think like me, act like me. But guess what? Daniel and his friends said, no. We know how to live. God has showed us how to live. And this whole time, they were thinking like God, behaving the way God asked them to, and they believed in the way God had them live, right? But really, in our culture now, it's a full-scale spiritual battle, isn't it? Everything is being questioned. Everything. There's lies, there's deception, and the enemy wants to divide and conquer, right? I know uh, when, when my wife and I talk at home, it's almost once in a while, I'll miss a word, or she'll miss a word, and we're, we're like, what did you say to me? <laughs> and they're like, well, let me say that again. Isn't it crazy that just one word or two words could change what you hear from somebody. The media is doing it. Advertisements, music, just these little messages. Buy, believe, think. But Daniel learned to stand out. That was, that was week one. Go back and watch it, listen to it. Stand firm, stand up. And now once again, he's being tested. And he needs to stand strong. Now, church, let me ask you, do you want to stand strong to the end? When you're 80, do you want to still be standing strong? Amen, right? Amen. I definitely want to. So I want to, I want to share some truths to help, us, to help us stand strong, to help us win the race, to help us end the way God has wants us to win. And the first one here, and they're going to put it on the screen for you, and they'll leave it there for a moment so you can write it in. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. Have you ever been in experiences like this? Just like Daniel, right? The king, remember, the king is about to promote him over everything. Have you ever got a promotion at work and people didn't like it? Or at school, or at home, or someone let you in front of them in the line at Walmart and people got mad. <laughs> or we were going to Bush Gardens on Monday. It was spring break in Highlands County last week. So we went in and we were getting in, and it was really busy. And we're standing there and sitting there in the car waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, there's these this traffic coming from another direction to try to get in line. So I'm like, okay, I'll let at least one person in. I'll be nice, right? 
And so I let uh, one person in, and the other people didn't like that I waited and let them in. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. Maybe you're excited about your faith. But maybe the people around you are just like, oh, great. You're religious. Now you're religious. Anybody ever say that to you? Maybe God blesses you with something. And then, dum, da, dum, dum. Someone comes along to tear you down. Look what happens in the story, Daniel 6, 4 to 5. At this, the administrators, so remember, this is when the king was about to raise him up. The administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. Which, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Verse 5. Finally, these men, we will never find, look, look what they said. We will never find any basis for charges against this, against this man, Daniel, unless it, it has something to do with the law of his God. So they could not find, like, listen, the king is going to put this guy in charge, and we don't like it. So let's find something that he's done wrong in the government. And so they searched, and they searched, and they searched, but guess what? Couldn't find anything. Because guess what? It's Daniel. Daniel's not perfect. But if you read all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, you find out that Daniel is one of the guys that didn't fall to all of these schemes of the enemy. David fell, right, to the schemes of the enemy. Abraham, all of these people. And then we show up here in Daniel, still, guess what? Standing strong. And they didn't like it at all. They were jealous of Daniel. That someone else was getting promoted. You know, this is a good spot to talk about this a little bit. It's not, it's not always fun. Maybe we work at a job where we've been there forever and then someone got promoted before us. You know what the Bible says about this? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Well, why did they get this and not me? You know what? Maybe you didn't get promoted because you're not ready. Maybe you didn't get promoted because your attitude is not to rejoice with those who rejoice. But guess what? Daniel didn't worry about all those things. The king was just like, this is, this is my guy. He didn't ask for it. He didn't sue me to try to like, oh, I need to be in charge. 
He didn't have to lie. Just, just the cream rose up to the top, and his name was Daniel because he was standing strong. But Pastor Landon, I'm serving God. Shouldn't just everything go perfectly for me? Yes. I'm doing the right thing. I'm paying my tithe. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. We're going to have opposition if we're doing the right thing. Amen? You just amen that. There's going to be times where there's going to be opposition in our life. And we need to expect it. We need to actually plan for it. That we know that the enemy is going to come in and oppose us. There's going to be people that are come in and try to oppose what we're doing. If we're not ready to face opposition because of who we follow, are we really following him? Look what it says in the next part of this, this story. Look at this. Daniel 6, 6 to 9. says, So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. Right? They're ready to butter him up. We don't like Daniel. We're going to go sing, see King Darius. That's the new king. There was Nebuchadnezzar. There was Nebuchadnezzar's son, double boo. And then Darius, triple boo. <laughs> you guys are awake. This is good. May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satrap advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays, well, they know Daniel. Daniel's been praying for 80 years from his place th at least three times a day. Look at this. I mean, he praised any God or a human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, right? It's like, let's lift him up, Darius, O king. Shall be thrown into the lion's den. Imagine, imagine in our culture now, right? Going to, to Biden, going to the office there, right? Nancy Pelosi shows up. Hey, Biden. Throw them in the lion's den. No comments, no comments. We don't have to say it, no. But imagine this scene for a moment. They're jealous and they're going to go into the king and say, listen, Daniel, imagine if they said what they really wanted to say. We don't like that Daniel is getting ahead of us. Throw him in the lion's den because he prays. But they didn't say that, right? Because the enemy tries to wiggle his way in there, right? And he tries to come from behind and do all sorts of things. Now look, verse 8. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Verse 9, so King Darius put the decree in writing. Wow, Darius. So, with this decree on the table, Daniel would have heard about it. I don't know how they got in there without 
him not knowing about it, but Daniel hears about this decree, and guess what he does? Oh, he stops praying? No. He prays silently. He cancels school prayers. No. No, he keeps praying. Because that's what he does. He has relationship with the God who created him. How did he have such faith? In church, what if you were in that situation? Right? I know the last two years, we're all like, they're taking our freedom and different things have gone on and you have to do this and you have to do that. But what if they said you can't pray? No one said it in Frostproof to me since I've been here. I've been here six years. No one told me I, I couldn't pray. They actually invited me to things. Please come pray. And I got, but imagine being in that situation like Daniel. If you pray for the next 30 days and someone sees you praying, you'll be thrown into the, the lion's den? <laughs> what in the world? How did he stand strong? Well, number two, look at this. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. Church, I think a lot of times we miss out on this whole kneeling, right? Everybody's been over a couple, like 10 years ago, we're calling it T-bowing, right? We forget to T-bow. So how are we going to stand if we're not T-bowing? And that's where it all starts, is on our knees before God. Maybe at our bedside. Anybody still pray by their bed like this? Come on, we need to bring that back. Right? Little house on the prairie. Amen? Here's the rest of the story here. Daniel 6.10. But when Daniel learned, I love this. I love it. But when Daniel learned, it's almost kind of, he's kind of like me a little bit. When someone tells me I can't do something, just do it. Okay, we'll just get to do it. But Daniel learned that the law had been signed. He went home and knelt down as, as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Amen? I love it. He did what he always did. When Daniel learned about this, he's like, oh, it's, we can't pray? All right, I got to go pray. <laughs> and maybe someone has told you that something you can't do. I remember people said that we couldn't move to this building. That's smaller than praying, I know that, but. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. You know, the first, the first response to when we have problems in our life, I know I'm going a little slow today. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, the first response 
should never be panic as Christians. Amen? Because we have great faith. We have a great God. Our first response, people are like, well, all we can do now is pray. Well, that should be the first thing we do. That's great. Isn't that great that we get to pray? Remember, a friend of mine wasn't feeling good this week, and we prayed for him. Randy prayed for him. Guess what? He was in the hospital earlier this week. Now he's sitting here listening to the sermon right now. Isn't that awesome? Because guess what? The first thing we did, we didn't panic. We prayed. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Just because someone else decides something doesn't mean we need to go along with it, right? Just because our culture says that such and such is now normal, this is the new normal, just because they've decided something's normal doesn't mean we need to to say, okay, it's normal now. No, 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 we stand strong. We kneel down, we pray about it. We do what God's called us to do. Just because the world is upside down doesn't mean we don't need to be right side up. Amen? Handle with prayer. It was normal. I love the word in the scripture says, he did what was usual. You know, the word usual just means habitual or typically occurring, normal. Listen, church, if you don't normally pray, if you don't typically pray or is usual for you and your family, say, you know what, today is the first day we start. We're going to pray every day now, right? Today is a good day to start, isn't it? Today's not a good day to get hit over the head because you don't pray. Today is like, you know what, today I want to be like Daniel, The first thing that we do when we get up, we're going to pray. In the middle of the night, you know what I do? I hear Esther on the little baby monitor. Guess what? The first thing I do for her, I don't run into the room. I just pray. And then either I fall asleep or she falls asleep. And usually she's the one who falls asleep. But it's, it's normal. It's usual. It's a typical thing. It's occurring normally. And that is what Daniel did, and that's what God's calling us to do as a church. The first thing we get to do is kneel down and pray. And if people tell us we can't pray, we just keep praying. I remember people saying uh, a couple years ago, they they said, we can't pray at school. Yeah, you can. (laughs) I know lots of teachers who pray at school. Pray at school. Pray wherever you can pray. Doesn't mean you have to run out and be like, oh, we're all gonna get mad and we don't need to announce it to everybody. Look what <clears throat> look what Jesus says about prayer. Can we look at this together? <clears throat> when you pray, <clears throat> don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. There are moments where we just got to 
close the door, get in the closet, and pray. Amen? And then when we come out, we can stand strong. How did he do this? It's time. He stood strong before men because he knelt before God. I love this story my dad told me a long time ago, excuse me, about a young pastor and an elderly pastor, and they were having this discussion. I'm going to read it to you. The, the old story that is told about the young preacher who strutted to the pulpit expecting to wow the congregation. He humbly walked out of the pulpit after the sermon bombed. What happened? He asked the senior minister. The wise and seasoned preacher counseled him. Son, if you would have gone up to the pulpit the way you came down, you would have been able to come down the way you went up. Now, what's he saying here? Humility. Be humble. <clears throat> and sometimes it's very humbling to get on your knees. Do you know what the Jesus did? Be very close to the time where he went to the cross for us. He washed his disciples' feet. And the custom was, you know, they didn't have these nice Timberland boots like I get to wear. Thank you, sir. Look at that guy. He got me a cough drop. He didn't have comfy, the disciples didn't have comfy boots like this. <clears throat> they wore sandals and not the really cool sandals that you get to wear, Becky. And guess what? They didn't have nice asphalt like our parking lot or nice carpet like this. There was sand and dust everywhere. And so their feet were nasty. And it was typical when you went to a, a meal or, or an event <clears throat> that the owner of the home or their servant would, would clean their feet. Well, Jesus, who's Jesus, served them, <clears throat> got on his hands and knees and humbled himself and cleaned their feet. Isn't that amazing? So church, if Jesus can be humble and put himself in a humble position to clean his disciples' nasty feet, how much more should the church be willing to serve in anywhere possible, to get on our knees and pray, to say, I'm going to kneel so that when I go out into the world, I can stand and when I stand, I'm not going to be standing on anything that Landon has done. I'm going to be standing on the solid rock, the foundation, Jesus. Amen? There should have been more amens, but that's okay. <clears throat>
You know, life is not this Disney movie, right? It's not going to, everything's, all of the stories are not going to end perfectly. However, our story will end with a brand new beginning, and that's eternity with Jesus. Amen? Okay, the last, last, last thing today. Everybody say number three. Everybody awake? Number three, when you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. Man, I remember when I was younger, three years ago, Four years ago, I remember I'd be, I would preach, I'd plan this sermon, and I either said something wrong, or I didn't do something right, or I got something, you know, I needed to, you know, put one of those in, and I got coughing or something, and I'm like, oh, I'd go home, like, oh, man, that was terrible. But you know what I learned to do? I learned to say, God, you know what? I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm preaching the word. I'm doing what you've called me to do as a pastor. I'm going to trust you with all the results. Because I, I can't control any of them. Amen? And it's been so freeing because I get to do what I'm called to do. And God does only what he can do. Because there's so many things he can do that I can't do. Amen? And so this point, let's put that up there again, please. When you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. Listen, Daniel was going to be like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing what's right. Amen? I'm going to keep doing exactly what God is calling me to do. And I'm going to trust him with the results. You know, just like these church plants in China, they're not allowed to have church. But guess what? They're having church. Because they believe we're going to do what's right and we'll trust God with the results. Iran, you know that Iran has the strongest growing church on the planet right now. They're growing faster than the American church per capita. And they're not even allowed to have church. And we're like, well, I don't know about that church. They don't sing my song. I don't know about that church. They don't read my translation. Guys, there's people meeting all over the planet under a tree or in a dusty space or not even allowed to meet at all, and then we're going to complain about our church. Come on. Guess what they're doing right now? They're doing what God's called them to do. And they're going to trust Him with the results. Amen? So it's time that we do take a stand. Because I think some of us, we've kind of been just like the last couple years, we've been kind of just, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll stand up when I need to. No, 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 no. It's time to stand, stand strong. Tall, I can't stand tall. Someone says stand tall. <laughs> this is as tall as I'm getting, okay? 
next part of the story. Look at this, Daniel 6, 16. So the king gave the order. All right, the king did not want to. If you read all of Daniel 6, the king's like, wait. Darius is like, wait, Daniel is going to be the guy that's got to go on the lion's den? Like, let's, can we, he's trying his best to try to configure, but guess what? He'd look bad, right? He doesn't want to look bad. So he's like, okay, Daniel's, he's like, I hope that his God takes care of him. We've got to put Daniel in the lion's den. Look, so the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. Verse 19. Just skip to 19. There you go. At the first light of dawn, the, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. This kind of sounds like Nebuchadnezzar with the, with the men who were in the fire, doesn't it? When he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lion's? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. Oh, we need some celebration here, church. My God sent an angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. You know that the same God who shut the mouth of the lions lives in you at this very moment? This is not some old school Sunday school lesson today. The same God who shut the mouth of the lions in Daniel's life is going to shut the mouth of the lions in your life. Because guess what? You're going to stand strong. You're going to believe what this says. You're going to have a great marriage. Your kids are going to grow up and know Jesus. Your grandkids are going to grow up and know Jesus and follow Jesus. Why? Because you and your family will serve the Lord. You'll stand strong. You'll stand out. You'll stand firm. Come on, church. You'll do what God's called you to do. And you'll let him worry about the results. Because it's, it's what we need to do. I don't even know where I was. They have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. I feel like a lot of times that we want to control all of the situations in our life. Anybody like that? A couple of us. I do. I think we all do. We want to control every outcome. So guess what we do? We follow ourselves. We say, well, if I can't control it, I don't want to be part of it. I need to control every little situation that comes along. We want to be like with those backseat drivers. Ever have any of those in your car? They make a little noise here, a little noise there. Hey, turn this. Oh, you don't. Oh, settle down. Slow down. 
or they might be in they might be in the uh, the passenger seat and they're grabbing the wheel. My goodness. But we want to be that person. And God's like, no, 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 no. I've got this one. This one's mine. And all you've got to do is kick your feet up in the back. We're in the passenger seat. Church, he said it. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm the driver. We don't need to control every situation, every outcome. We just need to do what God has called us to do, and he'll take care of the rest. Amen? Isn't that great? Now, I need like, I need six really healthy, strong men to come up here. David Naranjo, there's one. Come on up. Blake. Come on, Mr. True, get up here, brother. <laughs> oh, yes, Isaac. There we go. So now you guys stand here facing each other. trust these guys. I trust you guys. I, I, I trust you guys. <laughs> Remember, did you ever see the trust fall where the guy goes the wrong way? I'm not going to do that. But listen, guys, when we trust God with the outcome, we're able just to fall back and we don't bend our knees or anything. Woo! I didn't even go that way. Give it up for these guys. Thanks, guys. But what if we did that with our relationship with God? We just said, God, I trust you. I trust you with the outcome. I'm just going to do what you've called me to do. Amen? Yeah, we didn't need that many guys, but... Just in case. They might not be as perfect as God. Okay. Let's stand. I, I want to read this last part to you. As Christians, we're actually supposed to do the opposite thing of control. We're supposed to give up control. And say, God... My life is yours. I know you're calling me to stand out, to stand up, to stand firm, to stand strong. And how am I going to do this? How is it going to work? Give up control. Look, Romans 10, 9 to 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Let's pause there for a second. Lord means you're over everything. If you're declaring that Jesus is Lord, you're saying, I'm giving up everything 
all the control, all of my selfish ambitions, all of that. And guess what I'm doing? I'm surrendering over to the Lord. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Amen. Time to give up control. Some of us in here, we're like, I'll give up a little bit of control. No, no, God is, God is requiring everything. All of it. Every little piece. Even the hidden pieces that you don't tell anybody about. Even those secret things. And then look what happens here in Daniel 6, 23. The king was overjoyed, overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And so today, if you're able, physically able, would you, would you take a knee? Would you take a knee today where you're at? You might have to get in an aisle. Today, God, we, as we, as we, go on our knee before you, God. We say that you are our king. We bow only to you, God. We bow only before you today, God. And we make you Lord and king. Lord, we give up all control, everything, all the little pieces that we haven't given up before, we give them all to you. And God, we know that when we give them to you, that you will take them and take care of us. We faithfully fall into your arms today. We faithfully give up the driver's seat because we know you drive better. We know you know the directions. We give it all to you in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Can I challenge you this week to go on your knee once a day? Wouldn't that be great? Find a spot, go on your knee once a, once a day this week and just say, God, you're Lord. You're Lord of my life. Come on, let's give it up. Let's celebrate today. God is good. Amen.